got blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, he is the co-host of The Fans Are Way Too Noisy, and he's back from the Super Juniors where he came up empty-handed. It's Sev. Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? I my wheelers fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Like CM Punk said, you're going to go till the wheels fall off. They fell right. off. Right. Uh, I think the wheels might be falling off the meme segment as well. So we'll, uh, some might be setting on this one. But I have got another one for you this week. This week. Are you, you running are, out of ideas? I think so, yeah. <laughs> you are the Rainmaker Procada. Procada. Dude, I look like a corpse. You do. He's very orange, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and you just stuck a little floof of hair up there. That I'm pr- pretty sure is the side of my head that you just rotated. Yeah, yeah, you know me, highest of quality. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh, it's so good. Actually, it's kind of scary, but so good at the same time. Please take a moment and do us a favor if you be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you chose and listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and review. It really does help out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. Special shout out, of course, to Ocom's Laser for the excellent intro theme to the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zenku. So, Sev, I don't think we have a ton of stuff to really, like, go over in terms of, like, big news or happenings. Actually, no, I'd take that back. Jeff Hardy was just arrested today. Yeah, the breaking news. I think I sent that to you about 20 minutes ago, didn't I? Yeah, I would not have remembered if I wasn't looking at Discord. Uh, Jeff Hardy apparently ran into some more trouble with the Florida law enforcement today. Uh, It says that he was arrested in Volusia County for DUI alcohol slash drugs, third offense within the last 10 years, driving while license has been canceled, suspended or revoked and violating restrictions placed on driver's license. This is breaking. He was just booked into the county jail at 1245 p.m. Eastern time. So about four hours ago as of time of recording. And it has not been said exactly what he was under the influence of or what he was caught with. Like, it, we still don't know. It's still too early. But he is set for a court appearance tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I think regardless of um, what he was under the influence of, um, driving without a license is like a big thing over here. That's a big, big no-no. Um, so if he's not got a license, he shouldn't be on the road. Absolutely. He screwed himself there, and he? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. It definitely does not look good for Jeff. I mean, obviously, with all the struggles he's had in the past, and, and I get it because I've struggled with things too, and addiction is such a terrible thing. But, like, I I wonder taking it out of, you know, the personal and taking it out of the legal system because really, like, yeah, I I care about Jeff Hardy as a person and I want to see him, you know, be okay, right? Like, I I, I don't want him to, like, constantly battle these demons that he's battling. But in terms of a professional wrestling landscape with an AEW, which is what we talk about here on the show, does this spell the end of him there already? 
Um, personally, I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's his third defense in ten years. I'm not sure how you guys do it over there, but I don't really know either. No. Um. Yeah. Once you get on the road under the influence or without a license, you're putting other people at risk, aren't you? And that's mm-hmm. that's not cool. Um. So I think Tony should take hard hard stance on that, to be honest, and let, let him know. Regardless of demons, it's not acceptable. Right. It's still gonna be a touchy subject, I think, for a lot of people. Um, I have not had a chance because I was working earlier before we sat down to do this podcast later in the day. Um, you know, I, I was not able to really follow along and see what others have been saying on social media or talking about since this news has been breaking. And really, we don't have a ton to say on it. There's not a, a lot to talk about because, again, it is still so fresh uh, happening, you know, a couple hours ago, basically, like it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's unfortunate to see, to be honest. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I'm sure after this podcast posts, there will be more information that follows, especially from the court date tomorrow. And then, you know, I'm sure AEW or Tony Khan or somebody, maybe Matt Hardy, will put out some sort of statement. Um, There will definitely be information that comes out of this. I just don't know when we'll find out about it. Maybe not even this week. Who knows? But we'll see. We'll be keeping an eye on it. We'll definitely... uh, We'll update this story as we find out more information here over the next few days and weeks, whatever, you know, if we get more information by the time we talk about or by the time we sit down to talk about next week's show, we'll uh, we'll update and kind of go from there. We'll see what happens. But yeah, this is really unfortunate. I was I was a little sad when I saw you tag me in that in Discord earlier. Sorry. Sorry to ruin your day, Brian. No, it's okay. But I, I mean, it's a little it's a little disheartening. Like, yeah, thought he had kicked all that stuff by now. So that's a shame. But let's bring it up a little bit. Let's get into the fun side of the podcast. Let's start talking about the results from last week, which is the main meat and potatoes here on Blood and Destroyers. And as we usually do, we'll start off with recapping quickly Elevation and Dark from last week. We'll start off on Monday, June 6th. We had an appearance by QT Marshall. We did. Did we? And he was in the opening match. However, we can't run a QTE. The factory... QT Marshall, Anthony Agogo, Aaron Solo, and Nick Camarado defeated Alex Reynolds, John Silver, Alan Angels, and Ten. What? They beat the Dark Order. What, what does this know? What does that mean? I don't. Look, there's not even anything in our rule book for what happens if the Q, you lose the QTE. Yeah, we don't. We haven't. We've never had that before. Like it's unprecedented. We don't know what to do. I, I assume if you fail a QTE in Shenmue, you just get you know you get your ass kicked. If you fail a QTE in the Quarry, you die. Did we just die? <laughs> I think, to be, to be honest, re- hearing that result that uh, the factory went over the um, the dark water, I think I might have died, yeah. <laughs> and it was actually Anthony Agogo that got the victory for the factory by pinning Alan Angels with one of his knockout punches. Okay, that's, that's not so bad, but still. The, but the still, factory as a whole, yeah. But still, QT Marshall was involved in the victory, but still. <laughs> Uh, Frankie Kazarian defeated Sev Pentico. Serena Deeb and Nyla Rose defeated Sky Blue and Miyu Yamashita, who I think was just making her first appearance for AEW. She actually, I believe, is from the same promotion that Maki Ito comes from because I have seen pictures of them like teaming and together in the past. So I believe that's the case, but I could be wrong. And then in the main event, we had Death Triangle, Pac, Penta, and Ray Phoenix defeating the Wingmen's Peter Avalon, Cesar Bononi, and Ryan Nemeth. 
quick elevation. It's only four matches. So the wingmen are still together. The wingmen are still together outside of JD Drake, right? right? He's part back part of the workhorsemen. But yeah. the wingmen are still strutting their stuff. Dude, they gave them like a five-minute entrance, and Peter Avalon and Ryan Nemeth just sat there and like grinded the air for like a minute and a half while they were doing stuff. It was amazing. Okay. I started to watch um, Dark before we recorded, but I didn't manage to get all the way through it or uh, before we jumped in yet. But I'm, I'm going to go and watch Elevation afterwards. Okay. Well, let's talk about Dark then. This was from June 7th, Tuesday. This was taped at the Toyota Arena in Ontario, California. So this would have been taped before Rampage, before and after maybe. The um, Elevation was taped before Dynamite last Wednesday. So we had three, six matches on this dark. Lance Archer defeated Aaron Solo. Christopher Daniels defeated Steve Andrews. Marina Shafir defeated Sky Blue. Ortiz defeated Sev Pentico. Tony Storm defeated Zeta Zhang. And in the main event, Max Caster and the Ass Boys defeated Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and Ten. Dark Order's wow. having a rough, rough time right now. He had that super bad. So I only got um, like three matches in. I saw Lance Archer come back and I was like, oh, he's, he's making a stir. Then I wonder what they've got in, in mind for him. He's going to reappear on Dynamite shortly. And then the next match, fucking Christopher Daniels came back. Like, is, is this Christopher Daniels like first match in a while? It is. And the only reason it was done is because, again, they were in Southern California. And that's where he's uh, from. Okay. I thought they were doing like a throwback Thursday or something. Throwback Thursday. <laughs> Christopher Daniels is like SCU getting back together or something. What's going on? All we would need is like, uh, who's some people that aren't still around anymore? Uh, Jack Evans, he'd show back up. Marco Stunt shows back up. Yeah, Big Swole. (laughs) That's humorous. That's humorous. But that was also dark. Dark wasn't that exciting. Um, I'm really sad that Sky Blue just continues to lose every single match she's in. Because she's better than half of the girls that are higher up in the division than she is. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. It makes me sad. But let's do this. We have a pretty stacked Dynamite and uh, Rampage. We had a a decent card announced. We'll have to see how we felt on this when all is said and done as we start going over our rankings. We didn't have nearly as much stuff to rank this week because a lot of Dynamite was obviously taken up by the Casino Battle Royale at the start of the show. And um, I think that lasted like close to the first like 30 minutes or something like that it was definitely a decent uh definitely a decent card or not a decent card a decent length for a match for a dynamite but not still like the uh the hour long match that we had between you know danielson and page yes the 60 minute match the 60 minute iron man match exactly um who took the highs and lows last week i always forget and i still don't write it down as i say i'm going to every week i never do i probably never will i took the highs last week because i put mjf last which meant you couldn't get to mjf because oh that's right because i would i would have put him first yeah yeah i would have put him first all right so let's go ahead and um start with our with our lows we ranked seven segments these are the mainline segments that were on Dynamite. Go ahead and kick us off. What was your number seven? So, I've only got six ranked here. Uh-oh. I sent you seven. You sent seven. I did. You forgot one. <laughs> Curious which one you forgot, because if it's not that big of a deal, we could take it off. Casino Battle Royal, Hack Buddy Matthews, Trent, Wardlow, Thunder Rosa, John Moxley, Kyle O'Reilly. That's six. You forgot Finley Hangman Adam Page. 
No, I've got um, I've got Frank Rampage. What can I do in my life? So um, then you have seven. No, I've got six. I've written back one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> but when you read through what you had, you did not mention Finley Hangman. Okay, Casino Battle Royale, mm-hmm. Buddy Pack, mm-hmm. Trent, yep. Hangman, Wardlow, Thunder Rosa, John Moxley. That's seven, dude. Oh, I didn't rank the Battle Royale. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, number seven. Got it fixed. <laughs> God, no wonder I dropped out twice this week. Number seven on my list is Thunder Rosa versus Marina Shafia. That is also my number seven. Because we didn't, um, we didn't really get a build to this apart from the little backstage segment of Thunder Rosa wanting to call someone out, and then Shafir appeared, and uh, Shafir's lost to Jade Cargill. She came up, lost, and went back down to like elevation stuff. So why yeah, she, gr- she grinded out? the low level mobs again to get to you know build her build her win loss record back up. Yeah. So why Rosa? Why Rosa gave her a shot, I don't really know. Um, just to add some title defenses to her reign, I'm guessing. But yeah, um, how about the only good bit from this match was just after they got back from the pitcher and pitcher, and Thunder Rosa gave her a massive pump kick, and she flew like halfway across the ring. But apart from that, there was nothing really here. No. Um, I was not impressed with this match. I... I, I I don't agree that Marina Shafir got this title shot, but I also hate the fact that this just keeps like reiterating the same sentiment that Thunder Rosa's title reign is not that strong. Like this was a kind of a sloppy match, and I don't know if you've seen some of the backlash on this match on social media, specifically Twitter, but Thunder Rosa has been accused of sandbagging Marina Shafir during this match. Oh, okay. No, I've not seen that. For those that don't know, sandbagging used in the term of professional wrestling is is someone that, like, you know, doesn't help their opponent out, right? Like, going up for a suplex and not jumping. Yes, yes. And there was a gif shown, or a video, or whatever, of Marina Shafir going to do a suplex being unable to lift up Thunder Rosa and then literally just like strong lifting Thunder Rosa up over her and doing a suplex. Like Thunder Rosa was not jumping for the suplex. Yeah, there's a classic one, isn't there? I think you said like Bob Holly and Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar like sandbags Holly. So Holly just like drops him on his neck. Yeah, yeah just literally like almost killed him. Stupid, stupid and dangerous, yeah. Reckless for the no sake at all. Yeah, and there have been like Ivelisse even tweeted out like something that she was like it's it's been nice to see all of the tweets coming out saying Ivelisse was right because that was the big reason she got released back in the day if you remember didn't she shoot though that, but they had that like shoot style match together yes yes but it probably maybe stemmed from Thunder Rosa we don't really know the full story behind it but the fact that you know this is not the first time people have caught on to Thunder Rosa doing this during the matches, it definitely smells kind of fishy. Okay, but it does it does make sense to like sandbag people? Like you put on a good match, and a good match makes both people look great, whereas sandbagging just makes you look sloppy and it's dangerous. Right. So it's not going to do Thunder Rosa any favors to not cooperate with the people that she's in the ring with. Exactly. So I was not impressed with this match. I, I still am sad that Serena Deeb did not get the title at Double or Nothing. 
um, after this match, Marina Shafir did do a beatdown on Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm made the save and then did the classic, like picking up the title and looking at it as the announcers and fans get all excited because she's holding the title and then Thunder Rosa snatches it back out of her hands, potentially teasing that, you know, they are building up to that match. Yeah, I mean, she's got to have somewhere else to go now, hasn't she? Um, I do remember seeing Tony come out and Tony just moving uh, like 10 times faster than Shafir did and thinking, well, she's got more, much more pace. Um, right. And Shafir has. But, Absolutely. Yeah, I look forward to seeing what happens there. I wouldn't, you know what, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hate Tony Storm just taking a title. I wouldn't hate Thunder Rosa just dropping the title to anyone at this point. Oh, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't hate it either. I mean, we'll have to see what happens, but... Um, I, I would certainly not be opposed to Tony Storm getting that title. I would not be opposed to that at all. Uh, we should match up on this one, I would assume. Number one on my list is the Buddy Matthews Pac match. Yeah, yes, yeah, definitely number one on my list. Yeah, if you would have had anything else at number one, I would have questioned your sanity. Because I'm pretty sure you said you had one phone on yourself and I'm sorry, one hand on yourself and one hand on the phone during this match. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Cut that quote. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's no cutting that quote. (laughs) This was a tremendous match, dude. This was amazing. Yeah, this this proved how good both of these guys are. Um, I've said many, many times that Pac is incredible. I've seen him live and he's like. Half a step, pay, uh, half a half a step faster than everyone else in the ring. Um, and Buddy was able to keep up with him, and just as good. Um, super high praise for both of these people in this match. And I could have taken, I could have taken this match being half an hour long. It was that good. Oh yeah, no, this this definitely could have been way longer. What did Jeff say in Discord? He's like, this is the most sculpted match ever because of how chiseled these two guys are in terms of their like just muscle and. Just body shape and abs, like they are just so fucking jacked and cut, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, masters of their craft, aren't they? They're proper. They really are. Yeah, dedicated to it. But this was a hell of a match. A lot of cool spots. The fans are really into it. I was really into it. And I think the bigger news coming out of this match was right before this match started, we found out why this was happening. So they are introducing a new singles title for the men's division. It is the All-Atlantic Championship title. And to crown the first champion, they are doing a small tournament, eight people, two from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and then everybody else is in AEW. Malachi Black and Penta are on the other side with the NJPW guys. Miro and Ethan Page, and then, of course, Pac and, or Pac and Buddy Matthews. Mm-hmm. How do you feel on another singles title being introduced here? Uh, I feel it's a bit odd. Um, NJ did put out the four people that are going to like yeah, I saw that. Recent. Ishii's probably going to be the one that goes on. Okay, that's right. I would hope so. He's the bigger name out of all those, so I would assume he'll be the one that goes on to Forbidden Door to wrestle in this match. Yes, yeah, I didn't recognize any of the other ones. And the match at Forbidden Door is a fatal four-way, is that correct? Yes, it is. So, because Pac won this match against him and Buddy Matthews, he is in that match. Um, I have to assume that Miro's probably going to beat Ethan Page to be in this match. And then I would not be shocked if Malachi Black beat Penta to be in this match as well. Yeah, see, if Mira goes through, I'd want Mira to take the title. Um, so I don't really know how I feel about I don't really know how I feel about this whole tournament, to be honest. I think it's a shame that Ethan Page comes in to lose to Miro. Um, I don't really know where we go. I don't either. I'm not sure. I also think it's a little weird that they're introducing another singles title before they introduce the trios titles, which we know are coming uh, later this year. Um, Tony Khan already did state that, and they were kind of saying that they were waiting for 
Kenny Omega to be back before they introduce those titles. Um, I don't think it really waters it down much because the AEW roster is so stacked. Like, there are so many people on there now, and it, it makes sense to have, like, you know, it just makes sense to have more titles if you have more people. But it is getting a little crowded. It's getting a little crowded. Yeah, so I think that's why I'm so conflicted. I'm conflicted because Pac, Malachi Black, Miro, like all three of those are really good talents. All three of those should hold a belt at some point. Um, but it's just trying to decide who gets to hold the belt first and which two of those are going to take a loss. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. But the match itself that we had between Buddy Matthews and Pac was incredible. All right, back to you. Number six on your list. Uh, number six on my list is going to spoil the... Well, everyone knows what happened at the Battle Royale by now. Uh, number six on my list is Moxley versus um, Kyle O'Reilly. Okay, I had this at number four. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think I tuned out by the time this came on. I remember I was in Discord saying I'm watching it and I couldn't care less about it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was a foregone complete conclusion that Mox was winning this. Oh, yeah. I mean, once I, mean, I, I think it was a foregone conclusion before Dynamite even started. It didn't matter who won the Casino Battle Royale. Mox was going to win the main event. Mox was the one going on the Forbidden Door to fight for the interim AEW World title. Like, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about that. As we suspect, like, last week, yeah, there could have been one or two that could have made this an actual um, legitimate threat sort of a match, but as soon as Kyle O'Reilly won the uh, won the Casino Royale, I was like, I didn't really need to pay attention to the last 15 minutes of Dynamite, to be honest. <laughs> it was an okay match. Like, it was actually entertaining, and it was nice seeing Kyle O'Reilly kind of get the rub because, you know, Obviously, there were some big names that weren't in that um, battle royal that we thought were going to be in there. And once people that we ex- thought maybe had a chance, like Andrade, who came out as the the Joker for the battle royal, once he got eliminated, um, we didn't really know who was going to win this match and what it was going to come down to. And I don't think anyone was expecting Kyle O'Reilly to win. So that that was a cool moment. Yeah, that definitely was. It's one of those things that I know, I know you've mentioned it before, but we don't really get those surprise moments in AEW all that often. That was definitely a, a kind of a surprise moment. Mm-hmm. But so, the match yeah. itself was okay. Like between him and Mox, it was okay. It wasn't the best match we've ever seen Mox put on. Probably not the best, definitely far from the best main event we've ever seen on Dynamite. Um, they could have had something a little bit more exciting maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, so that leads me straight into my number two, and number two for me was the... It's, uh, isn't the it me? Battle. Oh, so you're just telling me what your number two is. Oh, shit. Sorry. So number, number two is, is the battle royal for you. Um, I blew that one, didn't I? But not for me. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, was my go? Number two for me was David Finley and Hangman Adam Page. Oh, okay. I was absolutely in love with how much New Japan Pro Wrestling we had on this Dynamite, dude. Like, it was it was pretty amazing. It was pretty impressive. Um, I love the joke you made in Discord about how when they kept showing the graphic for Hangman Adam Page and, and, uh, and David Finley, like, you know, because Hangman's vest is open, Finley's jacket was zipped up. You're like, these look like the same guys and a creator wrestler just with options of jacket open, jacket closed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely did look like that. Yeah. Um, good match. Like, I think everybody expected Hangman was going to win here, but I think it was an actual good rebound match coming off of his loss to CM Punk at Double or Nothing. We didn't see him last week on Dynamite or Rampage. So, you know, it, it, even now, 
hell with CM Punk getting injured and having to relinquish the title like that. That almost sort of hurts Hangman's image in a sense a little bit, right? Because he lost to CM Punk and then Punk's already gone and didn't necessarily give up the title, but they have to find an interim champion. Um, Yes. And they had a battle royal that he wasn't involved in, even though he was the previous champion. So, like, it, it was a little bit of weird booking. But I thought the match itself was actually pretty good in terms of what we were given. It was nice to see David Finley here on the show. Um, I didn't have any issues with it. No, I thought it was a pretty strong match, to be fair. Um, Where'd you have it ranked? Uh, number four. Okay, okay. Would, would have been number three if I hadn't got it wrong. Uh, <laughs> number four. It's been a long week, Brian. It's been a very long week. It's Monday, Seth. It's been a very long week, Brian. It's after this match ended, though, we did get a little promo from Hangman saying that he wanted a shot at Okada and the IWGP World Heavyweight title at Forbidden Door. But then Adam Cole, who was on commentary, was he on commentary? Maybe he wasn't on commentary. Can't remember if he was on commentary for this match or not. But he did interrupt and said that, um, you know, he wanted a shot at the IWGP World Heavyweight title. So we still don't really know who's going to be wrestling Okada at Forbidden Door. Um but shit, it might not even be Okada. I think Okada's defending against Jay White before Forbidden Door even happens. Okay. Is that a, is it Dominion or something? Uh probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> I don't know for sure. <laughs> All right, back to you. I'll go with my lowest on I. Number yeah, five. N- number five, Sev, number five. <laughs> Might have to walk me through this whole show, Brian. Hold my hand. Uh, press R2. Number five, uh, Wardlow. The Wardlow segment with the uh, announcement of the 20 versus one. Okay, I had this at number six. This was number six for me. Okay, this, this was an all right little segment. It was a bit of fun. Uh, we did get Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky coming out. Ethan Page, Wardlow wanted to challenge for the TNT Which was night. Right. Nice to hear. Right. Like nice to hear Wardlow acknowledging the fact that he wanted to go for a title. And we've been talking about how we wanted him to kind of shoot for that TNT title now. Like that was nice to hear. Obviously, we didn't get that, but that was nice to hear that they're maybe building up toward that still. Yeah, so I think it's sort of like uh, that's where he's heading after he's done with what he's done. Um, but yeah, then it's an interesting little concept, isn't it, that Wardlow's going to fight 20 security guards uh, in a handicap match. Was it in a gauntlet match, isn't it? Right. It's a 1v20 match. Yeah, so you want to make a bet, Brian. Nothing, nothing, nothing on the line. No okay. punishments, just a you fun don't, bet. You, you don't want to have to sing if you... Uh... If you lose, well, you sounded quite dubious about it. Then about taking the bet. No, I was just going to ask how many power bombs is Wardlow going to do in this match? Has to be twenty. Do you reckon? Well, every person's getting one power bomb. <sighs> no, there's going to be more than that, isn't there? Um, I'm going to say I'm going to shoot for the stars. I'm going to say twenty-four power bombs. Okay. What are I'm you thinking? Eleven. Okay. Okay. One more than MJF got. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking maybe maybe he power bombs one guy like eleven times, and the others all get scared and run away. Oh, that's possible. That is possible. Because I know I know he could probably he could probably give everyone a power bomb. There's only so many power bombs Wardlow can do before he turns redder than Ric Flair and probably explodes. <laughs> Speaking of, isn't Flair's final match coming up soon? It might be, yeah. I've not been paying attention to where it's happening. Who's it? What company is it with? I don't know. But I think Conrad, whatever his name is, uh, is the one that's like hosting it. I think it's a, it, you know, it's like, is it StarCast? It might be StarCast where the match is happening. Okay. 
but I, I don't know for sure. It's pretty expensive on Fight TV, and I'm not going to be ordering it. Oh yeah, I would. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't pay more than five dollars to see Ric Flair flop around and cut himself. <laughs> people are freaked out that he's actually doing this match. Like a lot of people are upset that he's actually doing this. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's got one more in the tank, regardless of quality. I'm sure he can pull one more out of the bag. Oh, I'm I'm sure he can too. But is it going to be a good match? Is it worth the money that they're charging to watch it? Hell no. Not even close. Not even close being worth the money. Um, all right. Well, that was you that did that one. So that was my number six, as mentioned. So that means we have two left. I have my number three and number five left. What do you have left? My number two and my number three left. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Number three on my list was the in-ring segment between Trent FTR and the debuting United Empire featuring Will fucking Offspray, dude. Yeah, it was a dope segment. I had no idea why Trent was in the ring, to be fair. Like, oh, no, we're cutting to Trent, but it's like... We, we were even talking, like, in Discord, you're like, this has got to be something building up towards Forbidden Door, right? Like, this yeah. this has to be something else. Like, this can't just be Trent sitting in there complaining. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked to see Will Ospreay, dude. I was legit shocked to see him there. But it was so nice to see him there as well. Like, so nice to see him there. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see uh, Will Ospreay there. I haven't seen Will Ospreay for many, many years, and I'm not I'm not familiar with Your the fellow countrymen? You don't you don't just follow him along because he's from your neck of the woods? No, I've 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 seen him wrestle in what you guys would call bingo halls in like front of a hundred people. I've seen him wrestle a couple of times. Um he he was like he was really good back then, but he's like shit hot now. Dude. I'm such a big fan of Will Ospreay. I'm so excited that he's actually there. Like I love it, dude. I, I love that he's there. I love that he's getting a chance. I love that this forbidden door has kind of opened up a way for him to appear and not like need to be a big deal right away right like mm-hmm. still a big deal it was a little unfortunate that i feel like a large portion of this crowd didn't know who they were because they didn't get much of a reaction when they came out during this segment that was a little unfortunate but i loved it it was nice to see them there yeah it was it was pretty good i loved it did you see um just sort of like tangent and off of that thing you see uh saber juniors calling out daniel Bryan. Eh? yes you call him American Dragon Old Dragony Bollocks or something. Yes, that match better fucking happen at Forbidden Door, <laughs> dude. Like, Forbidden Door is going to give us so many excellent matches here. Like, a little sad that, you know, Will Ospreay is not going to be wrestling CM Punk or something because I thought that was like a, a sure thing after Punk won the title. But I'm curious, like, are they going to do like a triple threat at Forbidden Door featuring United Empire now? Because. Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn are also part of United Empire, and they are, you know, Will Ospreay and Great O'Conn are the two leaders of that faction, um, and they were the two that attacked FTR during the Ring of Honor title match between FTR and Best Friends. Mm-hmm. So I'm Did wondering, think, go ahead. Do you think this is like the replacement for the CM Punk thing? That like maybe Trent is the replacement person, they've sort of just woven it back around? Hmm. Not nearly, not nearly of as, as an exciting of a match. No, no, but it was like um, CM Punk and FTR because they were starting to team together, wasn't it? So who we were going to get? Oh, off yeah, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, maybe. Like Trent's the Trent's Punk's replacement, maybe. CM Beretta. CM Beretta. <laughs> FD Brat Brat Bar. <laughs> I hope it's not a triple threat or a trios match at Forbidden Door, though. Like, I hope it's not Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open taking on Trent and FDR. Like, I hope we get something a little bit more exciting than that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Because, you know, we just saw that on Rampage, which we'll talk about a little bit later. 
good, yeah. So is it finally time for me to talk about my number two? <laughs> finally time for you to talk <laughs> about your number two, my number five. Okay, well, shit the bed and spoiled it earlier, but number two is the Battle Royale. Yep, the Casino Battle Royale. I enjoyed this. I, I don't think it was, you know, we, we've said it quite a few times now. Was it a great way to open up Dynamite? I don't think so, because I feel like this Battle Royale definitely dragged on at times. Um, it, it didn't feel as intense or unpredictable until O'Reilly won. That was super unpredictable. But, like, we didn't have any really big surprises. Even our Joker was Andrade, an already signed guy. Like, it wasn't anything special. Um all of the, like, the suits as they came out, like the hearts, clubs, spades, uh, diamonds, like, they had people grouped up mm-hmm. the way they should have been, right? Like, the entire, like, Colton Gunn, Austin Gunn, Max Castor were all part of the same suit, and they all came down to the ring at the same time. Uh, Hobbs and Starks came out at the same time. Swerve and Keith Lee came out at the same time. Like, there wasn't that much, like, craziness outside of maybe Swerve eliminating Keith Lee. Yeah, there was there wasn't a huge amount of spots in this. Um, I don't really get the swerve Chuck Knight Keithley. I thought that was a bit unnecessary. Did you see what he said on social media after? No. Getting rid of the dead weight. It's a bit soon, isn't it? A little bit soon. Yeah, but I, I have a feeling they're already done as a tag team. Uh, I was starting to buy into that. Me too, and so was everybody else, dude. Swerve in their glory, dude. That was a great fucking name for a tag team. Yeah, and they got the merch out already and stuff like that. I don't know, maybe maybe TK sort of put the nail in and be like, no, we want to do the, the triple threat ladder match instead. <laughs> the box and the... Shit, why isn't it a TLC the... match? It should just be a fucking TLC match. Yeah, or tables, ladders, and cocaine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's TK's version. Basically, basically. Uh, Dax will join in, will he? Says it good. <laughs> Drugs are good. I've done them. It's great feeling. <laughs> um... Yeah, it, it was it was it was a pretty fun little match. I thought um, a lot of it there wasn't a lot of massive spots. It was a lot of just like punching and moving around, and a lot of people stayed in there a while before anyone got eliminated. Um, the only bit I really liked was obviously Andrade coming out of the Joker. That was pretty cool. Um, Wait a second, then, that ladder match isn't going to happen, or at least it's going to be changed. Yeah, sort so, I mean, if, it, if it's TLC and it's cocaine, then Dra- Draxel Drax, Drax, Drax the Destroyer, um, he'll come in because he wants to do that. Does he replace Jeff Hardy? I don't know. Maybe Trent will just replace Jeff Hardy. Maybe Trent <laughs> is vacant. <laughs> Trent just fills me. in where needed. He fills in yeah. where needed. It was me. It was me all along. Um, yeah, the, the, the one spot I did really like out of this match was when Phoenix did like he was whipped to the rope and he does that thing where he sort of like spins through the rope and then he spun to do a kick to Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks had just like ducked it straight into his like, so he's like gods of Olympus sort of taunt. Yes. But that was very smooth. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it was, it was an all right casino battle royale. It was okay. It definitely wasn't the strongest that they've done in terms of the casino battle royales. Um, I like their take on it. I, I like the uniqueness of the casino battle royale, but this one just was not my favorite. Yeah, I do. They did waste a lot of spots, as you said. Um, I like that they didn't waste spots on the wrong people. I like that we had. I like that we had Max Caster and Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn in there, rather than having like Hook and Wardlow and Hangman and stuff. See, I think Hangman would have made sense to be in this battle royal, though, especially since he was the previous champion. Like, he would have made sense to be in this battle royal. Mm, I'm not sure. I'm. I'm glad he wasn't part of it. Yeah, is what it is. Um. I enjoyed some, you know, particular stuff about this Dynamite, but there were some things that really drug on for me. I did appreciate all of the New Japan Pro Wrestling stuff that we did get. 
But in terms of a star rating, I would have to go three stars. Yeah, well, you take three stars. Actually, I'm going to give it 3.5. I'm going to give it a little pack bump this week because um, that Ooh. was a standout. Little, uh, little ab bump? Yeah, it chiseled its uh, an extra 0.5. Chiseled its way in there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about Rampage. We had another, um, you know, it was it was okay, right? Like... It wasn't amazing. They had some good stuff on here, though. We had that mentioned, uh, you know, that trios match between United Empire and FTR Trent. That was the main event. But we did five rankings for Rampage. I will start off with my lows since I was taking the highs for Dynamite. So number five for me was a quick tag match between Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh taking on Davey Vega and Matt Fichette. I got that at number four, and I've got five this time around, so I'm, I'm okay. Oh, good. You at least have the right uh, the right number this time. Um, yeah, this wasn't anything really to write home about, right? It was pretty quick. It was done to debut Satnam Singh inside the ring. Jay Lethal didn't really do anything. Um, Satnam Singh kind of just handled shit on his own, but it, it wasn't that great, right? Like, it was okay. Um, basic squash match. Yeah, I think Satnam did a he did a crossbody and then didn't he get Jay Lethal in to do like a double cutter or something? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one part I didn't like of this match is that uh, Satnam did it looked like he set up for an outsider's edge and then he just like twisted them off. Like when he threw, he twisted the guy and he just like spun around in the air and then hit the floor. Like that move doesn't that move that move's never sat right with me. It doesn't look like uh, a good and safe ball. So um, I don't like the idea of a new person like Satnam, who's quite green. We could tell he's green, um, pulling off a move like that. Best part about this match was uh, Sanjay Dutt afterwards, like getting all excited that they won and getting up in the camera. That was the best part about this match. Yeah, probably. (laughs) What do you got as number one? Uh, So number one, I went with uh, FTR and Trent versus United Empire. Me too. uh, Number one on my list. Yeah, number one for me too. Um, I did like the, the little, you know, the Mark Henry time for the main event segment. Yeah. Um, when Osprey was talking, um, he sounds like so many people I speak to down the pub. So many people I know. It was really weird to hear like that accent and that way of talking coming out of um, uh, my AEW product. It took me for a little bit of a loop. Um, but yeah, this this match had a, a fair amount of time to it, if I remember rightly. It did. It got a decent amount of time, and that was really, really good because this match was also really, really good. Like, there was a lot of near falls, a lot of, you know, breaking the count just at the very split last second. Um, Osprey looked great in this match. The Aussie Open tag team looked pretty good in this match. FTR looked great in this match, as always. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, number, it's number one on my list. I don't think it was a, an amazing match, to be honest. I was not sure who the Aussie Open guys were and to be honest I, I wasn't 100% impressed with them I thought they were okay they, they kind of did the job they needed to do in there but they weren't they didn't shine as stars as such um yeah I thought the match was a little slow and then it picked up in the like last three or four minutes of it they got it got to a really good pace in like the last three or four minutes um and then Trent won right by pinning one of the Aussie Open guys yeah yeah I, I didn't expect that at all good for Trent Filling, filling in for the, uh, filling in for everybody. I mean, he's got to, you know, got to get the rub sometimes. Send Trent. Send Trent. Yep. Hook's never, Hook's not available one night. Trent's just going to show up walking down to Hook's music. Yeah, it's going to be great. You, you watch next week on Elevation, it'll be Trent versus QT, QTE. <laughs> 
uh, and he'll beat QT in like three minutes. And yeah, like, Trent, ah, Trent, 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 will, Trent will be better than Hook at that point. Right? It's the way it's the way of the world in, in the uh, land of QTEs. <laughs> so we set the law, we've got to live by the law. Exactly. Uh, I hate that I'm putting this at number four, but I, I just wasn't a huge fan of this match. And that was Jake Hager and Eddie Kingston. Yeah, I think this match was a bit of a dud. I had it at number three, to be fair. Okay. Okay. Um, it was, again, okay, pretty stiff at times. It was, I don't want to say it was nice seeing Jake Hager back in a singles match because I think I could live without seeing Jake Hager in singles matches in AEW. But at least he wasn't just in a tag match or multi-man match with Jericho, which is pretty much what he's utilized for at this point. Um, it was just okay. It was, a, it was a pretty average match outside of, you know, Kingston always is fire when he's in there. He definitely was the most enjoyable thing about this match to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. He gave he gave Hager's not to a good squeeze as well. Didn't he, he did. Which was pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, then the, the match came to an end with uh, Kingston doing his spinning thing, and it was a clean win, and that was it. There was no shenanigans. Right. Perfect. Nobody nobody showed up. Ortiz didn't show up. Santana didn't show up. You know, no Blackpool Combat Club, no Jericho Appreciation Society. It was kind of weird. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of weird. just happened. And the only reason this match happened is because Kingston eliminated Hager from the Battle Royal, and then Kingston got eliminated shortly thereafter, and they started brawling on the outside of the ring, like continuing over from the Anarchy in the Arena match. Yeah. Seems unnecessary. Maybe. We'll have to see where it goes. Obviously, it's going to be building up towards blood and guts, but we'll have to see where it goes. What do you got as number two? Number two, I went with Red Velvet and Chris Statlander. Oh, we almost had a full house in Steph. Sev, why'd I call you Steph? I'm going to start calling you Steph. No, I don't sound like a deal. <laughs> start oh, talking in my lower voice when I see you remember on the map. <laughs> I, also had, I also had Red Velvet and Chris Statlander at number two. I thought it was a pretty good match. To be fair, I thought um, Red Velvet has come on leaps and bounds. I thought she did, she was uh, was much better than last time, where I was giving her a lot of shit, looking weak. Um, she looked a lot quicker. Yep, yeah. I really enjoyed this match. I also love what they're doing with Stokely Hathaway. Um, I, I think he has just brought so much more. What the baddies were missing, he's bringing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he he is the perfect guy for that role. It is just it is a match made in heaven in terms of that. But this match was pretty enjoyable. There was another spot. Like, I really have been enjoying lately how Red Velvet has been selling certain moves. And there was that, like, rolling German suplex that Statlander did to Red Velvet that Velvet just kind of, like, folded over like an accordion after taking it once again. I, I love how she does that. Yeah, yeah. She's small and her legs are longer than her body, aren't they? So she folds, she folds up well. Yeah. It looks really cool when she does that. Yeah, she did do this, like, I've not seen it before, this weird, like, she ran into the corner and then did, like, a 360 spin into a cutter. Yeah, and she almost missed. Like, she almost didn't have enough momentum. Yeah, yeah, like, it, it looked like it was, like, a brand new move, um, and it didn't quite hit right, and it didn't really get a lot of applause from the crowd. So it was kind of, it was a bit of a miss. It was a nice idea, but it was a bit of a miss. Um, Maybe once she practices it more and, like, uh, you know, is able to pull it off fluidly, it would look really cool. Yeah, yeah, spinning the spinning in the air is always really hard. To be fair, um, trying to get that momentum to stop halfway through. Yeah, I've got written in my notes about um, the the transition Statlander did into the Big Bang Theory. I can't remember exactly what it was now, but it was a really cool spot. Uh, yeah, they changed it. It's called Friday Night Fever now, I think. Something like that. Yeah, I think that's what Scalper called it. But yeah, I I enjoyed this match. 
It's also nice that the crowd has been really getting behind Statlander more lately. Like, you know, she's she's one of the original girls we've had in AEW, right? She was injured and was gone for a bit and changed up her gimmick somewhat. We thought she was going heel there for a time. Definitely seems like she's staying face now. And, I mean, it's only got to be a matter of time before she makes a run at either the TBS or women's title. Like, she's going to have a, a run with one of those titles sooner rather than later. Yeah, or the all-Pacific title, if TK brings that in. The, the Oh, maybe. Maybe that's why they're calling this one the All-Atlantic, so that way they can do the All-Pacific for the girls. Maybe so. Maybe maybe you're onto something. And if not, he's probably listening and is like, holy shit, that's a good idea. And he's scribbling it down in between his snorts. <laughs> Just unrolls his note, writes it on the note, and then pulls it back up and carries on. <laughs> this match did build up more toward the inevitable trios match that we're going to get as well between Jade Cargo and the baddies taking on Athena, Chris Statlander, and Anna Jay. Like, that is going to happen soon. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I'm I'm also excited for Athena to get her shot at the TBS title against Jade. I think she's the first like legitimate threat where Jade could lose, dude. Jade might actually finally lose. Yeah, and I, I, won't, I won't hate it. Um, we'll go nope, with it. I wouldn't hate it either. But we got one segment left. My number three, where'd you have this one? Number five. This is the last segment. Yeah, bottom. Okay, okay. Um... That is the backstage segment between Dan Housen and Hook and Lexi Nair, of course, as well. Um, this was pretty quick. And the only reason I ranked it at number three above Kingston Hager and Lethal Satnam Singh's squash match is because this was insanely comedic. I enjoyed the hell out of this, dude. See, I couldn't understand what Dan Housen was mumbling. So I didn't get that bit. And it only lasted for like 10 seconds, his talk. And then he drove off, and then Hook come past. And they were driving. They were driving around, and Dan hasn't had like a golf cart, and Hook had a Kubota. Um, they said they went and sp- uh, they spent their winnings from the buy-in match and got themselves some new cars, and were just driving around. Okay, nice, nice. <laughs> I I I like how Hook, who we you know is a complete total badass and we've been behind since day one is also kind of filling this comedic role with Danhausen really well yeah yeah. it shows his versatility and what he's able to do which i think is really cool but he does so little like he did he did very little in this segment but yeah. true all you got to do is drive by dude drive by and drive away that's all you got to do it's all it's needed <laughs> in, and out. in and out but since we're talking about him it's time for a little hook of the week Sev, last week I went with a, a tried and true hookup. Nice sexual encounter. The uh, Princes of Pape, some may say, for, uh, <laughs> for for our Hook of the Week. But it falls to you this week. What are you going with? What are you bringing for Hook of the Week? So this week, bringing to Hook of the Week, thanks to the limited run game showcase uh, that we covered on Max Level, uh, from Blossom Tales 2, a character they introduced. I don't know whether he's good. I don't know whether he's bad. I don't know anything about him. Apart from his name was One Hook Willie. One Hook Willie from Blossom Tales 2. <laughs> yeah, so uh. go, Hook of the Week is yeah, it's from Blossom Tales 2. Did you ever play the original Blossom Tales? I didn't. Kyle and I love that game. Yeah. We, we both played. It's a very, like, Link to the Past Zelda ish game um super enjoyable i really enjoyed that game and i'm i'm looking forward that was let you mentioned the limited run game showcase that was definitely my favorite thing from that showcase this past monday um i enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to that game when it comes out in august especially since i maybe get to uh i think that was a boss trailer so i think one hook willy is a boss somewhere in the game i'm gonna have to take him down yeah go and hook that willy brian hook the willy baby 
Hook That Willie from One Hook Willie, who is your hook of the week this week. Good choice. Thanks. I was Good very choice. pleased when he came up in the trailer. I was that's my hook for me yeah, yeah that's my hook this week yep making it easy for me guys you're making it easy <laughs> okay rampage in terms of a star rating i would go with three stars once again um it feels a little harsh to do it but i'm gonna do it anyway i'm going two and a half stars Ooh. okay okay two and a half stars from you three stars from me kind of a rough week for AEW content yeah, it's not in terms of our ratings. Yeah, definitely wasn't our strongest week for AEW content, that's for sure. Um, all right, well, before we close out the show, before we move into the burial ground and the theme song of the week, let's go over what we can expect this Wednesday and Friday night from Dynamite and Rampage. Starting off with this Wednesday night, they are... Do I know where they are? No, I don't know where they are, but that's okay. They're on the road in a rager. They're on the... the yeah, they're on the road to Road Rager. Or is this the... I think this is Road Rager, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Road Rager. Yeah, this is Road Rager because the hair match is here. So they are uh, at the Chefetz Arena in St. Louis, Missouri. This is Road Rager. Yes, you are correct. And we have a hair v. hair match between Chris Jericho and Ortiz. That is going to happen. One of them's going to lose their hair. Me too. Me too. One of them will be losing their hair. Hopefully it's Chris Jericho because I think that would be really funny. Um, we also have the match we mentioned earlier, Wardlow taking on 20 black shirt security guys, um, in a handicap elimination style match is what it says. So we'll see how that goes. We have a pin more than one person. Wonder if he Maybe. Can pin more what if, than he, like what if he stacks them up? It? He like yeah, stacks yeah. them up, like all twenty of them, just stack them up. Just like power bomb one on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. Yeah, just, like, just make a dog pound. pile on top of them. Yeah, pin them all at once. <laughs> That'd be amusing. That'd be amusing. Uh, we have our next first round match in the All Atlantic Championship Tournament between Miro and Ethan Page, which should be a good match. I'm really looking forward to that. And the match that I'm assuming is probably going to be the main event is, unless it gets changed, and it's very likely that it gets changed at this point, a three-way dance for the AEW Tag Team titles, Jurassic Express defends against the Young Bucks, and, as of now, the Hardys. Yeah, so what are they going to do here? Because if they've they've got rid of Swerves and Swerves... Do they put Starks and Hobbs in here instead? Yeah, maybe. That's probably what I'd do. I probably wouldn't put Matt Hardy in someone else. Trent? Yeah, with Trent. Christopher Daniels, he's about, any. He? Yeah, he's around. He's out there doing stuff. Yep. That's all we know for Dynamite, and we don't know anything yet for this coming up Friday night on Rampage. Do you reckon, so. do you reckon, the, secure, do you reckon the cops will bring Jeff Hardy out in handcuffs without any music, let him do the match, and then put him back in handcuffs and take him away? No, that's too true to life. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why TK shouldn't listen to me. TK, don't book what I say. (laughs) All right. Well, it's time. Let's hit the gong and let's do the burial ground before we get on out of here. Last week, do you remember who you sent and brought up? Do you remember? I brought up Athena and I sent Dine... I don't know. I was going to send down MJF again, but I couldn't. So yeah, and I don't. I don't remember who you sent down. I wish I did remember, but that's okay. Um, this week, I'm going with something a little bit different because I feel like this division is in a rougher state than we've realized over the last several weeks and months. And especially because we talked about it earlier with the uh, Thunder Rosa Marina Shafir match, I'm sending the women's division down to the burial ground, dude. Whoa. 
That's a big statement, Brian. I feel like the only way we could save this women's division is to get that title off of Thunder Rosa at this point and put it on somebody else. Yeah. Like, there's there's aspects there. of this division that are strong, right? Like, the, the storyline centered around Athena and Statlander and the J, the baddies. Like, that's a pretty strong storyline going on right now. But what else is there? What else is going on? Not a damn thing. Yeah, there's some there's some stuff with DMD. DMD had a little um, she had a promo on. Rampage yeah, she said she wanted the title back. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the best promo from DMD either though. Uh, she slipped up a lot in that one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The women's division feels kind of weird to me right now, and I know we've been really high on it here on the show in the past. I'm not so high on it right now. I I do think this division is in a pretty rough state, and that makes me sad. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna send the whole damn division down to the burial ground this week. And then coming up from the burial ground, and it's funny because coming up from the burial ground is never somebody that actually has been in the burial ground before. Like, we don't do it that way. It's just the way that we do this segment. But coming up this week, I'm going with Kyle O'Reilly. Okay, I thought you were going to bring QT up then. No, because <laughs> he won. He won his yeah, match. Yeah. He's going up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we put him down before, haven't we? He's officially we have. in the burial yeah. He's officially in the burial ground. But I got to go with Kyle O'Reilly winning that battle royal, putting on a pretty good match against Mox and and really looking like the star singles guy out of the Undisputed Elite right now, like even more so than Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely being featured a lot. So definitely got promise. Yeah. So we're going to go with that for your burial ground this week. Women's division down, Kyle O'Reilly up. See what happens. See if that stays true next week. Who knows? But Sev, I know we got through this show a little bit quicker than we normally do, and we, we've been spending a decent amount of time over the last few weeks talking, so it's kind of nice that we got this back down to around an hour. Likely not going to be something that sticks every single week. We just didn't have a ton to say on the content this week, so I think that's going to bring us to the close of the show, unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get on out of here. No, that's fine, Ryan. Yeah, I've, uh, I've spent enough time with you this week. I'm sure you're sick of me. Good. Let's uh, yep. close out. I've, I've seen you in my fucking reaction chats the last four or five days straight. I did max level with you yesterday. I'm sick of Sev. I'm sick of Sev. Let's send him back to Japan, back to the Super Juniors. Let's put him in the G1 Climax and get rid of him again for a bit. <laughs> Lance Archer, speaking of, is going to be in the G1 Climax this year. Climax for today. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode <laughs> of Blood Destroyers. We don't need to hear about Sev's climaxing at all. Elite Wrestling Podcast made possible, of course, for RPGR.com. <laughs> Put them in the burial ground. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in the show notes will be a link to our Discord server. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out, of course, is always going to be theme song of the week. Last week, I went with Athena. This week, Sev, the it falls to you. What is our theme song of the week? So this week, I think I've got to go with my fellow countryman, haven't I? Because uh, they did make a big splash. I'm going to go with uh, Will Ospreay and the United Empire. Nice. United Empire's theme is uh, called Bring It Down. And the band that performs this tune is Zenith of God, unless I have that backwards. I don't think the band is called Bring It Down. I think the title of the theme is called Bring It Down. The band is Zenith of God. This is Will Ospreay and the United Empire's theme in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now hit the music. <laughs> 